0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. 15 minutes.
1: Eternal impact.
0: Welcome to Text Talk. His glory
1: I will
0: see. I will empty all Welcome back to the podcast. We're looking at Acts chapter 7 this week. What are
1: we reading today, Edwin? I'm going to start in verse 44 today. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? So
0: as we're returning then to Acts chapter 7, of course the preacher speaking right now is Stephen. Uh, The message is really a defense in a trial-type setting. Uh, He has been brought before the Sanhedrin council, the leaders of the Jews of that time, with some specific charges that he is answering, and that takes us back to the sixth chapter. But in Acts chapter 6 and verse 13, they also set up false witnesses who said, This man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. Uh, for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. This place, the holy place. We are talking about the temple. And now in his sermon, and recounting all of this, Israelite history. We're going to talk about a tabernacle, a tent of God's dwelling, and we're going to talk about this place. We're going to talk about the temple itself that David and Solomon were working together to bring about.
1: You'd think that these folks who were opposed to Jesus and the Christians could get a little more creative in their accusations, but this is the exact same accusation that was brought against Jesus Mm. when they were bringing their false testimony. In Matthew chapter 26, I think it is, uh, I don't know. Okay, I've got it written down. Matthew twenty I'm not just thinking of it. I have it written down. I looked this one up earlier. Uh, in Matthew 26, 61, Trade I, secrets. I know. I was, I was going to try to pull that off like I was just pulling it out of my head. But Six no. ish I, I got to be honest. So, but, but what was the accusation? Oh, he said he would tear this down and build it back up in three days, yep. which which was a misunderstanding of something Jesus had said.
0: Yeah, about his resurrection.
1: You know, interestingly, I'll just throw this out. This may be close to an accurate accusation against Stephen. Stephen may well have been saying Jesus is going to destroy this temple because that is exactly what Jesus ends up doing in AD 70.
0: Well, and he prophesied and taught about it. You can read about it in places like Matthew chapter 24 and uh, the Gospel of Luke as well. That, that this was a, a teaching point to his disciples that the temple is going to be torn down stone by stone. Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. Part of being a prophet is these predictive prophecies come to pass. Otherwise, you're a false prophet.
1: I'm really impressed because you didn't have Matthew 24 written down. You actually did pull that one out of your (laughs) head. You're you're impressive.
0: (laughs) So in AD 70, it's through the instrument of the Roman armies led by a general Titus, but Jesus' words come to pass. Utter destruction of Jerusalem, Stone torn down, stone by stone, from the temple, uh, down to down to the base, which is all that remains today.
1: So, I obviously don't know if Stephen had specifically said that or not. It's no, just, I mean, it's no, but the, beyond the, the the point is that
0: if they're rehearsing some of the same information that we have in Matthew chapter twenty-four, one of the points of that teaching was as a warning for his followers yeah. that there were some signs given whereby they could escape this siege and the destruction. Mm-hmm. So the Christian community was aware of of this uh, prophecy. And in fact, when it all went down in AD 70, the only Jews that got out of town were the Christian Jews.
1: Yeah. So it's not beyond the pale that Stephen really was saying this, but you know, it's really not. Whether he was specifically saying this or not, I find it interesting that his defense is not, oh, no, you guys have misunderstood me. I wasn't saying that. No, no, no. The temple's going to be here forever. That's not his defense. His defense is very similar to what we talked about yesterday about the accusations about his comments on Moses. Because what he does is he weaves together these stories. And as he's telling these stories of people that God was using, in the midst of all of that are the places where God was using them. Mm-hmm. And what Stephen does is he builds this case. That God can use any place he wants and that Israel is making a repeated mistake of putting too much faith in the temple. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah got on to him about that. Was that Jeremiah chapter 4 where you guys are saying it's the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord? But they had not been worshiping God properly, and so it wasn't surprising at all oh, that so the temple wasn't... ends up getting destroyed. I was going
0: to say, so let's just point that out, too, for for people that may, may not know or, or be a little fuzzy on this point. This wonderful temple that Solomon built— had been destroyed. Had been destroyed before. <laughs> had been destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. Uh, there, there had been a rebuild after seventy years of Babylonian captivity, and it's it's a huge kind of expansion and development on that rebuilt second temple. Mm-hmm. You know that that. Um, Stephen and the Sanhedrin, they're all kind of uh, around that building right now. So so it's, it's not like this temple hasn't already been destroyed before it. It actually had.
1: Absolutely. And so then Stephen starts telling the story and he talks about Abraham. And it says, this is a really interesting phrase. He says, the God of glory appeared to Abraham in Mesopotamia. And I think we should not overlook the fact that he calls him the God of glory. Because what dwelt in the tabernacle, and then the temple. Mm, the Shekinah glory of God. The Shekinah glory of God. That's the, the temple was the dwelling place, not just of the Lord, but of the glory of the Lord. Right. And so when he highlights with Abraham that the God of glory appeared to him in Mesopotamia, he didn't wait for the temple to be built.
0: He did not. To appear. In fact, it wasn't even in Canaan land, was it? No. <laughs> it's way over in Mesopotamia.
1: Absolutely. Then we find an shock of all shocks, Joseph is in Egypt Mm -hmm. and it says that God was with him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: God was with Joseph in Egypt, Mesopotamia, Egypt. Then when he appears to Moses, it's not come up to Jerusalem, come up to Mount Zion and meet God. It's actually in Mount Sinai. And while he's on Mount Sinai, God says, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. Mm-hmm. So here, here, what we've got is this case of place after place after place where God has met with man, and He makes those places holy. He makes it's it's not He makes the places holy. It's not the place instead of making on. holy places he yes. makes the places holy. Good point. Very good point. And so wherever God made Abraham, that was holy ground. Where God was with with uh, Joseph, that was holy ground. Where God met Moses, that was holy ground. Then there's a very subtle thing and Stephen kind of jumps through this very quickly after he deals with Moses and and the building of the tabernacle. He gives us a a subtle reminder. If you know the history of Israel, he talks about how the children of Israel came into the promised land and Joshua brought that tabernacle in. And if you know that history, you remember that it didn't go straight to Jerusalem. No, it did not. It went to Bethel Mm -hmm. and then to Shiloh. Shiloh. And then there was kiriath Jerem. And in fact, it was, there were hundreds of years of judges, no temple, not Mount Zion. Mm -hmm. And then there were 40 years of King Saul no, not in Jerusalem, no temple. Then there was David. And finally he does bring the tabernacle into Jerusalem. A little bit of trouble with that, but he finally gets it there. But the temple's not even built until Solomon. So we've had more than 80 years of Kings before the temple is even built. Stephen's point is, look, God was with his people well before this temple.
0: Well, yeah, like what, something like 300 years in the scope of the judges? So there was a lot longer period of time of this tabernacle, this tent structure where God was meeting with his people.
1: And not in Jerusalem. Right. Not on Mount Zion. Right. And and God had met with these men in various places. And so don't put your faith in the place. Mm -hmm. Put your faith in God who makes the place Holy, mm-hmm. and then Stephen the the coup de gras, the coup de gras when he comes down and God quotes. I believe it's from Isaiah chapter sixty six, where he quotes this idea uh, that God says, "My hands have made all things." We're going to talk later in the week about this use of of hands. I just want us to see what Stephen points out is God created the whole world. What does that mean about where God has to meet with His people? uh he can, can meet be with, anywhere. He yeah. can meet with them anywhere in the world. Yeah. It's not this place. And so this mistake that was made with the first temple, it's the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. It's the same problem they're having now. Mm-hmm. As they are so focused on the temple, mm-hmm. they are not focused on the God of the temple. And the God of the temple actually came into the world. Mm-hmm. And when he says, destroy this temple and I will re- rebuild it in three days, He's not talking about the building. Yeah. He's talking about his own body. He, the temple of the Lord. And then he turned around and did something really amazing and awesome. You and I, a couple of weeks ago, got to be involved in a study of Ephesians, and the big thing in that, the temple of the Lord. Oh, yeah. That temple is, okay. We've already talked about the first temple, the tabernacle that Mm kind of went by the wayside when they built the temple. Then that first temple was destroyed. Yep, yep. Then they built a second temple. Yep. Kind of got refurbished by Herod. Then it got destroyed. Mm -hmm. There's a third temple, Mm -hmm. and the temple is us. That's right. You know, it's interesting to me, Andrew. There's some people today that are making the same mistakes that the Jews were making. A fixation on the building of the temple as they say, oh yeah, there's going to be a rebuilt temple sometime in the future there in Jerusalem. No, there is a rebuilt temple right now. Mm -hmm. And it's you and me. Mm -hmm. It's our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. Jews and Gentiles coming together. We find that in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verses 17 through 22 on into chapter 3. Powerful powerful picture. We are that temple.
0: It is tremendous to be looking at this sermon in Acts chapter 7 and see yesterday when talking about Moses particularly, but all of these men that God raised up. However, they were pointing to one that would come after, and it is Jesus Christ. Uh, A similar message is coming through by thinking about this holy place where the glory of God is and where God fellowships with his people in the temple. But again, that's pointing to Christ and to his church. It's just great to learn these things. And we would love to know what you're learning as you're reading Acts, uh, Acts chapter seven, or maybe something else in your time with God. Send us an email about that at text talk at org. That's all one word text talk at org. We need to finish this
1: podcast, though, with a word of prayer. God in heaven, thank you so much for Stephen, for his faith, for his conviction, for his willingness to proclaim your gospel, for his preaching, for all that we can learn from this. May we put our faith not in men, not in people, not in places. May we put our faith in you. Today, may our faith be in you. And because our faith is in you, we will do whatever you say. Give us that courage. Give us that strength. Walk with us and hold our hands. Lord, we love you. Let your glory shine through your church. Let your glory fill us that we might show that glory to the world that they will want to be a part of this newly built temple that you are constructing. God, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.